0: A Hello, friends. It's me, Robin, and I am here with the other R in my life, Rosie. And today we are going to be answering some of your questions. We have some very big questions about managing a highly stressful work environment, how to find your people. And we also have a question about how to recover after an emotional affair. So, we obviously have a lot to talk about. Have you ever wished you had a wise
2: meditation teacher on speed dial? Someone you can call after a long day. Someone you could lean on for their advice. Someone to listen and help you to see things
0: differently. Welcome to Dear Headspace, a podcast where I sit with a meditation teacher and we answer your questions. Hi, Rosie. Hi, Robin. OMG, I am so excited to be sitting here with you today. We are going to be laughing, we're going to be joking, and we're going to
2: be giving our editor just too much content to wade through. As usual, it's called job security, (laughs) and we love it. It's so much fun. Right? It
0: is. All right, so shall we get to, like, right to our listeners' calls today? Because our first question is from Brittany, and she is looking for her people, and I think we might have something to say about that. So take a listen. Dear Headspace, my name is Brittany, and I am from Georgia. I'm just having trouble finding my people.
3: Finding the people that sound like the ones on the show that call in. I've been through so many similar situations that I feel like I have given my diary out, and it's being read on this show, which, you know,
0: is crazy, I guess. Life just feels confusing. Oh, Brittany. First of all, thank you so much for listening. And I'm so thankful to hear that you are hearing yourself on the show. Like that's just that's one of our our whole missions. So it's just nice to know that it's landing for you.
2: Yeah. I really, Brittany, I I love that you feel seen on this show. And I've said this before. I I love listening to this podcast as well, not only because I love Robin, but also all the other teachers. I love hearing their insight and their stories. And it it really does feel like a community. And I think that that's really important when you are on, I'm going to say, a a self-inquisitive journey. For me, it has always started with self-reflection. And I'm curious, actually, before I give my take, Robin, since we're on this topic, I feel like the changing of tribes happens when we begin a new journey, right? When we're doing, yeah. when there's something new developing. I, I feel like I hear this a lot with people that I talk to. It's either they had some sort of awakening or they feel like they're really going on a transformative journey. And all of a sudden their friend circle changes. And I think that that's something really healthy. And I, I feel like we've almost talked about this on, on the this show at, at one point or another, but i'm curious for you as you know you've you've gone through different iterations of robin if that's happened how have you then been able to find that tribe i think it's i think it's in just like
0: listening to the way people are. Like, let's say we all joined a volleyball team and there's new people and and there's some people that I'm like, and I've been talking to my son about this recently, like they're not your forever friends. They're people that are like, you have stuff in common with, but maybe they don't click. And then like in that, there's one person that just, I, it's a feeling for me of like a clicking of something that I'm like, that I can sense that this is a person who's up to something similar that I am up to. And then I just want to talk more about it with them. Does does that make sense? I feel like that was a really yeah. No, no, no. Answer. That's actually
2: that would be one of my recommendations: uh, is to try new things, right? To be yeah. open to to doing something else. I I know that for me, when I was going through this transition in my early twenties, I had a group of friends that I'd been friends with since you know I was a kid, essentially, and I was on a different path. I was on a spiritual journey. I was, you know, learning about meditation. Yeah. I was doing my uh, yoga teacher training and I was just on a different, my my values were changing and I was just on a different path. And, you know, I, I started to feel really isolated from my friends. And, you know, one of the things that I I felt the need to do was to find new friends or to find more people. And it, it felt uh, very difficult for me initially because I, it to me it's like it always is is a difficult thing to go into a community where people have already established connections, right? Yeah, yeah. you're the outsider, you're the person that doesn't fit in, and all of your insecurities can come up in those mm-hmm. situations. I know that I I wrote about this actually in in my book when I wrote about going to yoga for the first time going to a studio and oh how my God. Yeah, I felt so awkward. It was so, you know, I, I did not
0: there was like no back row that was far enough away yeah, from me there was, the first time I was the same, yoga.
2: same. And that's that's exactly what I talked about. I'm like I had I wore sweats. I didn't have the Lululemons or, you know, I didn't have the <laughs> I didn't have the proper, I'm doing air quotes, yoga clothes that you wore to go to yoga. I was wearing sweats and a hoodie and I just, you know, I was, I was a little apprehensive. But one of the other things that I will say, it's like, so to just break it down for, for Brittany, if if I could, the first thing would be to do some self-reflection and really ask yourself what it is that you're looking for. For example, for me at that time, I was looking for connection. I was looking for people That we're like-minded, much like what Robin was saying. The second thing is to try new things, just like you were saying, Robin, you're you're listening for people who are on the same path. The third thing is to attend activities or like a meetup or, or a place where there are other people actively looking for that same type of connection.
0: Yeah, like a
2: meditation group or... Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and for for my example is going to yoga class. And and my whole point of bringing those initial three things up first is because the thing that kept me from integrating into the community for a long while was being judgmental. I was Mm. very judgmental. I was, you know, even though I wanted to build a new community, I wanted to be around new people, I was still very much in this judgmental place, you know, judgmental about others, judgmental about myself. You know, what does this say about me? How do I feel about others? I'm othering myself and I'm keeping myself outside of something that could potentially be the right fit, you know? And and I think that the final thing that I will say is to really allow yourself to commit to it for a long while yeah you have to build these relationships you know you definitely want to be aware of of somebody you know going into a relationship too too hot too fast you know if it starts hot and heavy it's probably gonna end quickly burn out quickly yeah, yeah. so so I would say really take those things into consideration and I think the point that I want to make especially to to you Brittany is that you know, to really give yourself the space and the time to to find those people. You know, I, I always like to say anything worth having is worth waiting for.
0: Yeah. Like, Rosie, you mentioned, like, you're starting a new area of your life. Like, maybe you're on a new quest or, you're, you know, maybe you've started Mindfulness, Brittany, and you want people who think like that. I, I'm always, like, cautious of, like, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. It doesn't mean all of your old friends are no longer good enough. Like— I don't think every relationship or friendship has to be all things to all people. Like I have certain friendships, like there are certain friendships that I'll call. Like if I'm in crisis, these are the people I'm calling. And it's a handful of people because I know that they're going to tell it like it is. I know that they think how I do. And I know that they're going to help me pick it apart. And then there's some friends that I have that are just the funnest friends in the world. And I want a vacation and we want to hang out and they help me relieve stress. And, and we and we have an amazing connection. And that connection is not less valid or less important in my life. Um, And I'm I'm sure I represent different things to different people. And so I think it's important to like to you can be adding people who are for what you're up to, but keep those other friends who are still a part of you, because I think I think that's important,
2: too. I think it takes a lot of courage for anyone to want to integrate new people into their life because we're, we're such a creature of habit. And typically as humans, we don't tend to put ourselves into situations where we can't calculate the risk. And so I think if you're already open to finding those people, I think that you will. And it's really just a matter of time and my only advice would be to just continue on your path and be grateful for whatever experiences come your way. And like I said, you know, anything worth having is worth waiting for. And it takes it takes time. But I think that you'll get there.
0: Yeah. And I just think, Brittany, the fact that you are open to this, you're in the perfect place. Just go forth and be open and try new things and your people are going to show up. I have faith. Yes. Me too. All right, let's go to our next one from Sophia.
1: Hi, my name is Sophia. I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I work in a very stressful and chaotic environment. Uh, Most times I feel like I can manage that stress and deal with it. However, sometimes it builds up to the point where I feel very overwhelmed and I do cry at work. It doesn't happen very regularly, but when it has, I feel very embarrassed and wishing that I could find some other way to express how I'm feeling and proactively deal with it. My coworkers are very supportive and kind. However, in crying, it makes me feel unprofessional and not composed. Though it doesn't happen very often, I would like to eliminate it altogether. If you could provide me with any advice or help, it would be much appreciated. Thank you. <sighs>
2: <laughs> the heaviest of sigh. I'm just from Rosie. I feel so much for Sophia. Yeah. What's sort of resonating with me the most is her feelings of embarrassment over the tears. And we I, I think you and I have talked about the crying before. And you know, when we cry when we're overjoyed or we cry yeah. when we're really upset. And it's it's such a natural response. Like I mean, it, it's just part of our human mechanism. You know, you said in the beginning that you're doing your best to manage the stress. And we've talked about it on this podcast ad nauseum and we will continue forever because we believe in mindfulness and stress reduction is really the key to managing stress. So first of all, doing the things that you need to do to care for yourself, to really be present with your emotions and your feelings, your ability to feel Seen, heard, and understood, all of those things really matter if you're wanting to create a healthy environment, a healthy work environment for yourself. Because in order to create a a healthy working environment, you need to feel supported. Mm -hmm. And there are many ways that we get overwhelmed and stressed. And I would advise to really give yourself space. Instead of feeling embarrassed, because at the end of the day, I, I know it, it can seem like what you said, that you don't you're not composed. And somehow this composure of bottling our feelings is celebrated in this culture,
0: especially around crying. Yes, yes. Like I mean, men are called you know derogatory terms, usually feminine terms. If they cry, women are told that you're too Weak. emotional. Or I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like you can't you're you're allowed to be mad, but you're not allowed to cry. Right. It, there's a weakness associated, and it's it really stinks. Yeah, it's you know it it stinks that we're not allowed to. It's a natural emotion.
2: Yeah, it's a natural emotion, and we live in a society that it's celebrated to to not have emotion. And I just don't think that that's the way that we are evolving, especially in our society now. I feel like with the more uh, a prevalent uh, attention to mental health, I think it's becoming something a little bit more accepted and people are more understanding. They have more compassion. and And I think it's great, not in all places, but in more places than before there's more compassion when we are experiencing some sort of breakdown and you know it's like it's it's hard we're not in your situation we don't know what your job is we don't know you know your your level of responsibility yeah it 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 really doesn't matter if you feel stressed you're stressed it's not like oh yeah. if you had this kind of job or that kind of job it would be more stressful. It's, it's, if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, the first thing to do is to manage the stress, to try and reduce the stress, to do, uh, you know, mindfulness-based techniques to help you with these overwhelming feelings, you know, to, to have the appropriate amount of sleep, to have the appropriate amount of rest, to, acknowledge your feelings and name your feelings to explore the underlying causes of the stress. Typically, it's not just, oh, I have a lot of work. I'm going to start crying because I just have too much to do. It's like I'm crying because this has been piling on for many, many months and I've not slept and I have a lot of pressure on me and people are expecting things and I feel like completely overwhelmed. I can't do any of it right yeah. and and the last thing is is to to know that moving forward is going to help immensely. you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, I just I started a breakdown, I started crying, that's the end. everybody's gonna think that I'm X, y, and z. and you can't for me, it's empowering to acknowledge what happened. It's like yeah, absolutely right. Hey, I had a really I had my my words my catchphrases i had very big feelings and they needed a place to go and i apologize if they made anybody feel uncomfortable but i am okay thank you so much for allowing me to have this expression and now we can move on i am a little overwhelmed at the moment and i would really love to get support from my team
0: yeah, that's, you know, it's it's so interesting because it's like all of what you're saying, Rosie, you know, I had a job where I ended up crying in the stairwell and that was a bad job for me. And that crying was indicative of why am I still at this job? And I had to like take a hard look and that's when I think all of the things that you were saying, Rosie, about managing your stress and really um, taking care of yourself are really, really applicable and that would be like the first line of defense. But then there's a shame component. And... To me, you know, and I'm wildly familiar with shame just as a member of the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. community, like naming it, claiming it, those things help move through shame.
2: Yeah. And I love that you're calling it out. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things that I find so empowering when we are a sensitive being to be able to say, even to the people you work with, You may or may not have noticed that I am a sensitive (laughs) being and I, my face likes to show it's overwhelmed by crying. (laughs) And this is something that happens because I'm so passionate about what I do and I care so much. And this is my reaction. So, you know, if anybody is offended by it, please let me know. Um, or worried about me. Or worried about I'll let you know me. if I'm really in danger. You Everything's know, fine. It's like, I think that the key here is to really communicate and name exactly. Because when you're naming exactly what's going on, it, it you're reclaiming the power, right? Sometimes yes. as women, especially, we feel like we have to be strong. We have to be stoic. And the minute that we show any type of emotion, it's like, She's unhinged or she's yeah. overreacting or she's this, that, whatever. She's emotional. Yeah, she she's overly emotional, things. you know. It must be that time of the month or whatever it is. And and maybe it is, you know, and that's okay. And you could say, like, guess what? <laughs> well, I would be like, I'm PMSing. So just I so totally you know. I totally would be, too. I yeah, totally would be,
0: too. I'm extra. I'm likely going to okay? cry during this entire
2: conversation. Yeah. So just so you know. <laughs> Yeah, but there's it, something great about that. There's something freeing about it. There is. And I, I really do feel like it, it's better to reclaim your power than to give it away, especially yes. when you have an overwhelming emotion.
0: So, Sophia, I mean, I don't know if, if, if you didn't hear this, Sophia, we are with you. You have 100%. this claim it, own it. And maybe we don't know. Consider looking at your job. We don't know.
2: We don't know. We don't know if that's valid for you. But always always good to assess the the whole of the yes. issue. The whole. Yes. Holistically. Yes.
0: Yes. And thanks again for sending us your question. We really appreciate it. Okay. We will be right back. All right, let's get to our last question from Dee.
3: Hi, my name is Dee and I'm from California. Um, I've wanted to write in uh, for a long, long time about stuff I've been going through in my relationship with my husband. I've been feeling um, really ever since for a long time, but really when COVID hit and we were kind of stuck in the house together, I've just been feeling thoughts of huge irritation and I've noticed how short I've been and I've questioned my feelings about him. And I've, even though I've been with him for 12 years now, I was caught in doing something really, really hurtful. Um, I was having an emotional. Texting relationship with someone from my past It wasn't planned it, it, They reached out to me and I, I grabbed on And I had lied about it um, That it wasn't happening anymore And it was And it's come out again That it had been It's over now um, I feel awful And I'm just going through I'm just going through it right now I feel like I'm a bad person, I don't know who I am, why would I do this, what did I get out of this, this was definitely not worth it, and I always knew that in the end it wouldn't be, and I've just really broken the heart of someone I care so much about, just needing some love right now, Um, feeling pretty low, Um, I love listening to the podcast, so thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for just first of all, just for reaching out and, and trusting us with this question. This is this is not an easy question. And it's it's so clear to hear the hurt in your voice and and where you're coming from. So we just we appreciate you trusting us and and reaching out because it's when you're down like that, that it is hard sometimes to to call yourself out and to ask for help. So I, I just I want to just start by applauding you for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I man, that is tough. Yeah. My heart, like I'm literally, my heart is breaking for yeah. her heartbreak. One of our first podcasts we did together, we talked about cheating, I think. I think so. I think you're right. The The first thing that I want to say is I would highly, highly recommend, Dee, that you, if you aren't already talking to a therapist or a counselor, somebody who has the experience and the knowledge to really hold your hand through this because it can be very, very difficult. Look, there's a lot of layers to this. As I said in the last podcast that Robin and I had together towards the beginning of of Dear Headspace, I've been on both sides of this uh, experience. So I know what it's like to be on the being cheated end, and I know what it's like to have an emotional relationship with somebody that it was inappropriate yeah and for everybody out there listening if you don't know what an emotional affair is typically an emotional affair with somebody is something that that happens it's, it's sort of like a there's an intense non-sexual connection between two people that closely re- resembles intimacy or an emotional bond between People that are already in a relationship or a marriage. And there's this emotional attachment that happens that essentially becomes a betrayal to your partner uh, because there are some intimacy lines that that do get crossed. You know, yeah. some, some people might not acknowledge this as a full on affair because you know it's not been like consummated or you've not actually done the deed but the sort of that same sentiment is there and in fact there are some people who feel that having an emotional affair is a deeper wound than the actual act itself maybe something that happens and it doesn't mean anything to somebody and it it's done you know, yeah, Because
0: what of the intimacy.
2: Exactly. Yeah. There was a study that I read that said how in a cheating relationship or when there is an affair, typically for men, it's mostly physical, not all, but it's mostly physical. And for women, like more women have emotional affairs than men. And... If I could give like my my opinion, I, I think that when women have an emotional affair, there's typically a, a poor quality to the relationship that you're in. Like there's yeah. something you're not getting, right? So I, I'm speaking to that because there are feelings of shame. There are feelings of guilt. And although, yeah, the the act of having an emotional affair with somebody is dishonest. And it's absolutely hurtful. I think one of the first things that is really helpful to figure out is why it happened in the first place. And that's where I think working with a therapist or a counselor can really help with that. Or a couple's therapist. Or a couple's therapist. Yes. Because I do believe, like, I'm a big person that believes, I'm a big proponent on forgiveness. I believe in second chances. I believe that people can evolve and can change. I also believe that there are signs before anything happens and D actually shared them. Yes.
0: She's like she was like I'm you know I'm I'm fed up. I'm annoyed, I like angry, like all of that is your symptoms to Something's not right here. Yeah, going
2: into this, absolutely. I mean, the symptoms that we can look for in in any of our relationships is yeah, like poor relationship quality, personal unhappiness, low self worth, low self esteem. You know, feeling bored in a relationship, feeling emotionally disconnected. Uh, If there's been some major life adjustment, you know, like a childbirth, retirement, empty nest, like whatever it may be. mental health issues, depression. I mean like there's so so many factors, right, that can essentially become the grounds for something like this to take root, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that assessing those and dealing with those up front are really important so that it doesn't happen again. Um, the next component to this is the dealing with the shame and the guilt. And the pain of of hurting the person that you love the most, right? Because, I mean, 12 years, that's over a decade, you know? It's a yeah. long time to be with somebody. And, you know, whether or not—it's almost like you never want to point the fingers and say, why well, did this because you dot, 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 dot. Right. Right? It's like we have to be fully responsible for our own actions and own our mistakes and be fully responsible without putting the blame on somebody else. Not to say that yeah. there weren't components that the other person didn't contribute, but you you can never, in my opinion, it's never served the whole of the relationship to point fingers, yeah, right? Especially pointing fingers at yourself. Right.
0: Well, that's what's so hard about Dee's question um, is that you do have these two things happening at the same time. There is a relationship that has problems, you know, she's, and, you know, I, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that whoever her partner is, wasn't like, oh, everything was perfect. You know, it's like that usually both people are aware, whether both people want to deal with it or not is a different question, but usually both people are aware that things aren't great. So that's happening, but then there's a line that gets crossed and then there's all the guilt And the bad feelings and maybe blame we don't know if um her partner's blaming her right but it's like you almost have to be able to separate these two things out in order to be able to come over to the problems in the relationship if you want to try to make this work and it sounds like you do d you you are going to have to forgive yourself and then work on uh, restoring trust with your partner
2: Yeah, I 1000% agree. I think that forgiveness is is definitely the first step. You have to forgive yourself and you have to have compassion, practice self-compassion, you know, allowing yourself to have the time and the space to give yourself a little respite from it. You can't keep beating yourself up over it. It doesn't, it does you no good. I mean, I've said this before. I'm a recovering Catholic, so I I know all the <laughs> guilt. All the guilt is part of just part of life. You know, it's yeah. it's one of the things that we just kind of live it's ingrained with, ingrained in you. Yeah, it's ingrained. Yeah.
0: And I I mean, I think we we haven't said this, but I think it's implied. But I think we I want to say it is like just be kind to yourself, because this is this is a really difficult situation, and it's you know, and like we didn't even talk about this, Rosie, but like. It was hard. Like, you and I have each been with our partners for, like, 20 years, I think, right? Yeah. Both of us. Like, COVID was hard. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, we, like, and we both work out of this house right now. That's hard. Yeah, it's really I had to hard. say it quietly because she's at the other end of the apartment. Like, it's <laughs> like, you know, I have jokes about, like, don't you want to get a WeWork? Like, it's like, it's, it's, and I love her very, very much. And, you know, but it's like, it's it's funny now. It's not funny, but it's interesting to look back on. Like the beginning of COVID was the fear that like no one knew what was happening. And there was like job loss and people cleaning groceries. And we were all just like, what is going on? And it didn't feel safe. Like all of these are heightened times. Mm -hmm. And so I think you just have to give yourself a little bit of grace and a little bit of kindness because it's, it's not easy and and long term relationship and we I know we've talked about this Rosie is not easy.
2: No, it's, it's not work. easy at all. And it's 12 years she's been together with her partner for 12 years. It's a, that's a long time. There's there's a lot of what is it? It's every 7 years we go through a a uh, growing a growth spurt every 7 years. I think there's something even like the cells in your body are completely new and different. Yes. yes. So so you're a completely different person physiologically every 7 years. And so of course a relationship's going to change. Of course relationships are going to evolve and you're you grow together, you grow apart, you grow together, you grow apart and it and I think that's just it's the beauty of being in companionship with somebody. But it it can also be very very hard, you know.
0: Yeah. But if you want it, if you want to, I think people recover from these things all the time. Absolutely. So thank you so much for your question. I know that was, uh, that's a really hard question. Yeah, we we just hard. so appreciate you sharing it with us. Thanks, Dee. Uh, well, Rosie, I am so glad that you were here today. And I am telling you this, you are my people, whether you like it or not, because as my mom used to say, I'm like a fly that you can't swat away. So here I am, Rosie, in your tribe. I like
2: it. <laughs> I like it a lot, actually. I'm I'm really grateful for you. And And what great conversation today what what great insights and such courageous questions i really i felt like it was really you know courageous for for all three people to come on and you know express their feelings and ask their questions i feel like that's the perfect word courageous is perfect right as we're having these conversations there's one meditation that comes to mind and it's one that i've done Uh, I'm not going to tell you how many times I've done it. (laughs) Needless to say, I know it by heart. Uh, It's a meditation on the Headspace app with Andy called Feeling Overwhelmed. And it's so good. And I I highly recommend to everybody listening to the show, but also all of the the great guests that we had today asking questions.
0: Yeah, that sounds absolutely perfect. Sounds perfect for me, too. I'm going to listen to it after this. It's a good one. It is. It's really good. All right. Well, it is time for me to say thank you to the listeners who made today's show possible by recording their question. Thank you to D, Sophia, and Brittany. Um, we re- just really appreciate you guys you know, reaching out and bringing your questions to us. And if you are listening and you feel like, wow, I could I could use a little bit of help, all you have to do is, is send us your questions. And it is so easy to record one. You just go to sayhi.chat slash Headspace, And that link is, of course, in the show notes. And if we use your question in the show, you're going to get three months of Headspace for free.
2: Robin's right. We love all of your questions. So keep them coming. Now it's time for us to send you on your way to the next thing in your day, but with a moment or two to transition. This is some time so you can sit and just be with what you experienced today. Let your mind settle before you move on to the next thing in your day. Take a listen to some sounds of the crackling of an indoor fireplace, my favorite sound, and let your mind do whatever it wants to do. Until next time. Stay happy, stay healthy, and be kind to each other.
0: Dear Headspace is a Headspace Studios original podcast. It's produced by Robin Hopkins, Ash Jones, and Scott Sorensen. It's executive produced by Morgan Selzer, Sarah Cohn, Baron Farmer, and Danny Christamy. Our production coordinator is Taylor Jennings Brown. It's hosted and produced by Robin Hopkins, Kesanga Giscombe, Dora Kamau, Samantha Snowden, Eve Lewis Prieto, and Rosie Acosta. Post production is by Dan Kroll. Music is by Scott Sorensen and Chris Mergia. And a special thanks to Colleen Lutz.